This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am still your host, Michael Seitz, and today I have got a treat for you. I've got another Michael for the show today. In fact, I was on this guy's show a few weeks ago. He is host of Long Shot Leaders, a great podcast. If you haven't tuned in, please listen to that. But Michael Stein is here with us today. He is the founder and CEO of Abadak, along with a lot of other really cool things that he does. He's a stand-up comedian. He's been in acting. He's done a lot of things. He's got another thing that he's working on right now. But what I really am excited about is talking about the kind of energy he brings to his, his own business and to his podcast show. So, Michael, welcome. Glad to have you here today. Uh, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here with you and talk a little bit. Uh, about business and that energy we bring to it. So before we get going in that, tell us a little bit more about you. I, I think the more diverse somebody is, the more uh, interesting. We can go down so many different rabbit holes, but, but there's some great diver- uh, diversity you bring in terms of your experience. And uh, tell us a little bit more about you and like what really floats your boat. Okay. I'll try to, give, try to give you like the three and a half minute version of like, you know, while I do a, a podcast called long shot leaders, I consider myself a long shot because my grandmother escaped the Russian concentration camps. My, you know, I, and my dad was a New York street kid. He became a multimillionaire only to become homeless again. So we grew up in a large family uh, and I was the youngest. And since, you know, he took off, I had to sleep in the same room with my grandmother until I was nine years old and hear that story about escaping the Russian concentration camps. So it was my bedtime story. And I was a premature kid, had ADD, ADHD, whatever they call it, you know, that when I was back then, uh, I had dyslexia, a stutter, health issues. I didn't have any success other than making people laugh, you know, at myself or others. And then, then I, um, you know, uh, saw the movie Rocky when I was 12 years old. And I said, here's a guy like me. He's funny. He, may, he keeps on trying. He, he's not successful, but uh, he's physically fit and I'm not. So I started working out every day. By the time I came 16, I was a physical fitness trainer. That was my job when I was in high school. And then uh, told my tutor, I said, hey, I know what I want to do. I want to be an uh, entrepreneur, an actor, and a, and a stand-up comedian. And she's like, you might want to work with your hands and be a gardener or something because not everybody's meant to do what they want to do. I said, screw you. My dad never finished eighth grade and become a multimillionaire. <laughs> Granted, he's living in a van right now. But other than that, he did pretty well. So I said, um, I uh, started my own business the day after high school, failed miserably. And I picked up, you know, uh, six months later and I did stand up comedy. I was 19 and I brought a lot of people there. It was a good show, but I said, you know, you're not gonna make money as a stand up comedian right away. You've got to find a way to make money. And so I said, you know, dance clubs are really big. It's late eighties. I said, I brought a lot of people to this comedy show. So I started promoting dance clubs. And I became the number number one nightclub promoter in my age bracket uh, six months later, uh, promoting nightclubs. And uh, from there, I was able to get involved in acting more. I met a lot of people. My first acting role was playing Dirt Diggler in the Dirt Diggler story, which uh, became the movie Boogie Nights, which I appear in as well. And uh, from there, I was able to 
make my own films and uh, left the uh, nightclub industry to become a production assistant. And I made a, an award-winning short film that got by, by HBO and got me a lot of deals in Hollywood, but no movie deal. Cause I had a lot of screenplays. I wrote five screenplays at that point. I've written eight and they said, you know, we're get we got, they got close to a movie deal. With one of my screenplays to, for me to direct it, but red tape didn't happen. So I said, screw you guys. I'm going to make my own film uh, to make, you know, instead of you guys waiting on you to get the money and all that. Only problem is I was broken in debt. So, because uh, usually filmmakers are, and I didn't have that nightclub anymore, money anymore. So I said, I got to be an entrepreneur again to make money for this movie I want to make. Um, and I started selling tarps on the internet because it was, there's a, there's a reason why. But uh, sold tarps, and within a year, I made a half a million dollars, and I was able to make uh, enough money to make that movie, which starred Faye Dunaway, Andy Dick, and Coolio, and many other actors. And it did well, it won some awards, but it didn't make a lot of money. And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to take care of this business that has done so well for me, and I'm still able to do stand up because of it." So since that business has made over a hundred million dollars, and and continues to grow, and I said, if I was ever to do a podcast, it would be about people that have had overcome large obstacles to find success. And that's why I do a show called Long Shot Leaders. That's why I'm talking here today. Awesome. I love the story of how people get to where they are today. Uh, and especially the ones that are non-traditional. And especially when people overcome adversity in some way. And you shared about a bunch of different challenges that a normal business owner has or even an individual has getting going. Um, so in, in the spirit of our show, we know we talk about the energy we bring, the thoughts, the emotions, the actions we take as an entrepreneur, business owner, uh, even just a leader in, in the business space. And what's so fascinating to me and to our listeners here is you know, what, what was it that, that got you past that, that low moment? Or what was it that keeps you going? What's, what are those highs that you get out of your business? So. Michael, how about you share with, with us a story or two about uh, what gets you going, what keeps you going, that, that, that emotional high that you get from uh, running your business? Well, initially it was uh, uh, desperation. Uh, I'm not hireable because uh, I just compared to, you know, how much scale I want to make, how much money I want to make. So um, that's what really motivated me. You know, uh, what motivated me is I wanted to make that movie. I used to tell people, this is my, this is my business, this is my uh, movie business. Uh, but, uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur. They all, they, they success, they succeeded, but all failed. My, my thing I wanted to do was make sure I succeed over a long term. And, uh, I saw that happen when my dad's business partner was in the, in the late sixties was a tool guy. They sold tools. Business didn't do well. My dad left to go make millions in selling calculators on a mail order campaign that he created. Blew it all with a crazy lifestyle, uh, portraying a, the loosely based character uh, on uh, Burt Reynolds character in Boogies and I was loosely based on my dad. Um, and uh, basically um, he blew it all. That business partner that he had in the late sixties ended up making a company in 1975 called Harbor Freight. And he did really well. So I saw this rich dad, poor dad thing. So what kept me is like, you know, I want to do what my dad did, but I want to have a sustained, you know, success. And um so desperation in the beginning and a desire to do something else, you know, what a means of what money can bring you. It's something that I feel really passionate about at the time. Now, what gets me going day to day or hour to hour, what pushes me along is it's a sport. 
it's it, and it's also a means you know it's like if i do this i try to leverage other things with my business uh, it you know film everything helps everything else so like stand-up comedy believe it or not can help me in my business my business can help me with stand-up comedy you know if i want i have written a screenplay eventually if i say if i and make x amount how can i make a movie again and not take as much risk as i did with love hollywood style which was you know a lot of money um how can i execute certain things i try to keep things that you know jazz me and create and keep me creative and i think about them so like um and they i I try to make sure i don't go you know out of my way like a squirrel you know for a nut you know but i try to say how can this with the path of least resistance help the other thing and okay now i don't feel guilty about doing that crazy thing and also that motivates you know it's like well sometimes I'll be more, more motivated about stand-up comedy than I will be my, my business. It just happens. You know, it, I feel guilty, but that's not a bad feeling to feel certain times. I'm like, no, I'm really into my business right now. Right now I'm really into my business because we're launching a company called Bolator, which is like going to change a lot, you know? And, um, I know what, after all these years, I know what to, to expect. So I know what moves me emotionally. So, and I use that to my advantage to drive my, um, Emotionally, emotion is what drives you, you know? So I just, I use that as a tool. I think that answers the question. Oh, it totally answers the question. And, and for a lot of people, it's what is it that, that drives you? And you talked about, hey, I know what my passion is. And what also is it's very clear is we talk about, hey, as we get older, we get hopefully wiser. So you, you learn some things, right? You, you, know, you learn from your uh, failures and you grow from them, hopefully. And, and so you, clearly ad- absorbed that but what was interesting of course is you know what what you need to do know what motivates you and so that passion for, for earning that money and not being like your dad and, and, and losing the money on the backside so all of that it drives and is instrumental and in, in pushing us forward so that was that was great great advice well how about on the other side like let's talk a little bit about like yeah a setback a low a blow to our business. Um, talk talk to us about how that felt for you emotionally, right? And then where did the, how did you work through that? How long did it take? And where did you get on the other side? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different uh, setbacks and blows that I've had, you know. Uh, and you just without getting in specific on any particular one, because there's like so many. You be, you know, if if you enter into business, uh, the, and the more businesses that you enter in, whether it's nightclub business or whether it's you know online business you're going to hit issues and there and everything's always difficult in the beginning and you're going to hit a lot of volatility in the beginning and then after you put processes automations and leveraging in place kind of you're gonna have less problems but when you don't do that and there's the volatility so whenever i have those situations come up i've had you know situations where oh man this is really was a stupid mistake just over an oversight. Like, for example, I'll, get, I'll share one with you. Uh, I was a night, I was a production assistant and I did that film and I had a, a really bad accountant who just, he was a great accountant that came over with his laptop and did my accounting for when I was a production assistant and in film commercials. But he was not a person to be my accountant for my business that just took off out of nowhere and started just growing like crazy. He couldn't handle all the all the, just so many moving parts to a business as opposed to that. So he was in and over his head and I was, you know, in default, you know, cause I was like, well, he's going to get to it. He's going to get to it. 
you know, I'm like, even I didn't know at the time I was like, this is not right. I don't think this is right. I mean, I know about taxes enough to know that you need to, you need to pay, you know, at the end of the tax year, otherwise you're going to have a problem. So you think you, you know, but I, I, it got past me. Luckily I've had that. I had a great year during one of these hurricanes and I was like the guy that you saw in the helicopter when you had all those blue roofs. I'm like, that was my work. So I was like, so when I made all that money, it's like, great, you made all this money. You're going to owe this money in taxes, by the way. Cause I had got a new accountant. He's like, and I got, this was like a big firm now. And they're like, yeah, you're in default for about a quarter mil. <laughs> and I was like, you know, taxes and penalties. I was like, okay, now that's a lot of pain that, that really hurt, but I made some really good money, you know, that year and I was able to absorb it and then some, and then expand. So I said, what can I learn from this? If I'm going to spend that money, Right. I'm like, what, how am I going to spend it? I, that's why I look at it. I was like, how can I look at that? What can I, so I asked myself empowering questions and to answer it a long way, which is really emotionally difficult at the time, but I was working, it's like working out. So I was like, okay, what's, what can I learn from this? What's great about this? There's nothing great about losing a quarter million. No. What can I, what's funny about this? What, what can I do? What can I, how can I use this? All the empowering questions I could stack on there. Granted, I'm not hiding the fact I was pissed off and bummed out. I spent enough time there, but I only tried to spend like 5 or 10% there. 90% is me trying to ask empowering questions so that I can enable that. You know, if I have to go through that, you know, then you want to be able to use it. My daughter, to answer this question, and I'll, I'll close that question out of this. She had, you know, we're like Jewish people in like a, in a, in a, in a, in a um, I just, this is really going off the deep end, but in, 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 in Texas here in Georgetown and, and, and she goes to school in Liberty Hill, just outside of town. And it's like, there's no Jewish people there. And somebody said something really scary and negative to her. And I said, you know what? I said, use that. I said, use it to your advantage. You know, try to ask yourself empowering questions that will lead to a positive, you know, if I had to pay a quarter million well, maybe I'll write a joke about it. Maybe I'll write a book about it. Maybe make it, you know, it can, I can use it somewhere. If it's going to cost you, learn from it. So I try to find myself saying that all day long. I've, I've said that my whole life. That's what comedians do. You try to bring lightness to the darkness, you know, and that's what, you know, you, you, know, you try to do in, in personal development as well. So, boy, that was a long one. That was a long-winded one. I rambled. Oh, no. Yeah. But I, what is amazing, of course, is, you know, you've coached yourself, like in a coaching world, like we do that, we ask empowering questions. And so you've obviously gotten to the point where you're like, yeah, I could be very convergent in my focus and look at the $250,000 loss and just focus on that and get sucked into the energy of looking at that. Or I can ask myself some empowering questions like, okay, what can I do with this? What can I learn from what? Yeah. Glad it was 250,000 and not 2.5 million right. on my next thing. Cause man, that's a lot of that. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, you know, that it's just, all we're doing is we're creating a divergent focus instead of that convergent focus. And that opens up opportunity really. And that mindset of, of being able to shift and see what else is out there is so critical because if you can't adapt in business, when you have those setbacks, you're going to get stuck still staring at that $250,000 loss. And guess what? You're going to be in that van down yeah. the road because you haven't broken out of that trap. Yeah. 
crazy three year, two, like a two year period, two or three year period, because I was broken in debt when I started my business and then it had rapid growth. And then like, you know, then I had that. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> I went from nothing to the, that's, that's going to be actual, that wasn't the tax payment. That was additional to the tax payment I had to pay that year. I said, I said, you know, this is crazy. Life is just unpredictable sometimes, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. That's the part that's the scariest part when you, you don't know what you don't know. Even today, you and I are having this nice, wonderful discussion here and we could be making better choices. And that's the part that scares you, what you don't know yet. Right, right. And you know, and that's, and that's a great segue into why you need to have a mentor. You know, <laughs> our, our job, you know, at the Strategic Advisor Board is to do that kind of thing, is to provide that mentorship for somebody. So you don't know what you don't know. So maybe you can talk to somebody else about it. And I'm sure you've got mentors in your in your space and you've learned to go back to them and ask for some advice and help because probably that's the biggest thing is you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Success. You know, Tony Robbins, big fan of his, I've done everything he's ever done. Uh, been Fiji and I've done the whole nine. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, he says when somebody's getting the results that you want or you want to model somebody, try to model the best, try to find that very best person you could find, you know? Um, and, uh, success leaves clues. So model them uh, as much as possible. You know, the, what you want has probably already been done or close thereof. What you want has already been done. So just find out how they did it and uh, see if you can get access to them uh, the closest way and get those clues. Oh man, that is great stuff. Yeah. Success has clues. Wow. Um, so speaking of that, you know, as a podcast host, obviously you've had a lot of great guests on your show. Um, what stands out for you energetically, like at the high or low, that this was like, wow, that's a really interesting story. What what stands out for you? Well, the number one story that I've I've ever had on the podcast was in the beginning. I interviewed a guy named um, Ben Lesser, who was a Holocaust survivor, and he went through a tour to France of freaking hell. So you know, being a Jewish guy, you know, and hearing those that that hell those that that. Russian concentration camp story every day when I was a kid, you know, there's a lot of Pavlov conditioning there. And I was like, Oh God, this is really hard to do. But I was like, you know, I was really happy to do it, you know? And so that one was a big thing for me, but then speaking to people like, you know, um, Carl Gottlieb who wrote Jaws, uh, he wrote the screenplay and he, he's actually in the movie too. And uh, Jeff Ark who wrote sleep with Seattle, you know, being a filmmaker, I was like, yeah, freaking podcast. You know, you do a podcast, you get to talk to a lot of these people. I would never, I never talked to those guys before, you know, I talked to a lot of people before, but now I'm getting to have a nice conversation with them over a sustained amount of time and the data set and uh, 370 episodes at this point, you know, and, and I got to talk to you, you know, a few weeks ago and I get to pick your brain about the, the, the energy leadership and a, out of dad's box and find out about, you know, your, why you wrote that book. And it's an algorithm. I keep on talking about this algorithm on my show about, I get to, you know, be the invasion of mind snatchers, you know, and I get to get in this people's brain and not, and people say, well, are you learning everything that they do? No, you're not learning everything because you're not a sponge, you know, but your subconscious is recording a lot. So I know for a fact that this podcast is, and it's different than just listening to a podcast. Cause when you're doing the podcast, you have to think a little differently with having the conversation. 
when I talk to you, when you did my podcast, I'm concentrating on Michael's words and trying to empathize every step of the way as he's going, which means, and it's just because like, that's like the way I like to communicate, you know? So, but the thing is, is that I'm learning so much. That is to me, uh, when you go back to the mentor part of it, you know, I'm getting rapid fire mentorship, you know, with this uh, a data set that is, um, you know, pretty damn interesting. So that's, that's really a, a big advantage. Yeah. And obviously it arms you a little bit. And as you said, the subconscious, you know, like when you get that situation that comes up in the future, we'll kind of know, I'll have a better sense of what direction to go because of all that. Maybe you can't remember the specific one, the specific episode or the story, but you have that, all that data and like it's instantaneous where you're like, ah, I think we need to go this direction. I don't know why. Can't really put my finger on it, but I, I guess we're right. really yeah. And you know, people, people really, you know, the power of the subconscious, if you don't know about this and, and, and hypnotherapy and, and, uh, you know, self-hypnosis, uh, it's really great. You know, if you're trying to learn something, listen to a recording of it at night before you go to sleep. And in the morning, when you wake up your subconscious, and even if you're half drowsy, your subconscious records these things. It's very powerful. It's, uh, I, you know, so I used to, because I got the ADHD or whatever they want to call it. I don't pay too much heed to it. Although they're, whatever they describe that is, I got a lot of, I got, it's dead ringer, but, um, I tried to really, you know, have faith that my subconscious is recording a lot. Uh, and the more that you expose yourself to more information and data, and you're open to that, the more your subconscious will record it. And it is going to affect your, your consciousness level and your psyche and how you make decisions, especially with business. Oh yeah. So, so true. Um, and you know what's interesting, Michael, is, is I have my coaching work. I've come along across a lot of um, entrepreneurs now who, who will be like, yeah, I'll set an intention before I go to bed at night because I want to reprogram my subconscious. And I'm like, dude, 15 years ago, nobody was saying that, you know, and it's becoming much more prominent. And, uh, and so you just touched on something I hadn't thought of in a while. But yeah, it's really interesting how that trend is changing. Yeah, it's awesome. There's like so many interesting changes going on right now with like, you know, uh, back in the 80s, you know, I got to tell you, I think people are smarter now in the sense that you're like, no, I think they were smarter then. It, and in some senses, the consciousness level of what's happening with people now is because, you know, there's so much social, you know, um, websites and, and you're seeing at a, such a rapid clip, just scrolling through TikTok or Facebook, you're like, Mike, can that be good? Yeah, I can because you're getting like a, a amount of data and information is like, this is how this person reacts. This is how a person reacts. We are, and then we're getting in real time. We're looking at comment section. And this is how society all looks at that. And that's recording. It's like, you know what? I, I would thank God, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't famous in the eighties or anything I'm famous now, but I'm saying, you know, you know, like didn't make, cause you would make such silly mistakes. And I think, you know, I think the consciousness level of social things are uh, much more um, tuned and they were because of all this information we're getting and it's and it's hitting critical mass. It just keeps on getting faster and faster as, as time goes on. A month now is much faster than a month it was 30 years ago. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, you know, the one thing of like surround yourself with good people with the right talent, part of that too, is that social media piece. So get, get that consciousness that you know, the, the comments that people make of the people you'd want to surround yourself with. And you're going to, you're going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Peer group, major peer group. You can, you can kind of, it's good to have it personal, you know, 
one-on-one -on -one real peer group, but like if you're, if you're remote and there's a lot, not of people in your area, you know, at least you could, you know, go to your peer group, you know, close thereof, you know, through social. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, Michael, we, we've uh, had some really great uh, discussions here. What uh, if people want to get a hold of you, if you want to talk about anything you got coming up, um, how can I do so? Just go to either the first person I get to say this to, because we just have the website called Longshot Leaders. And just today, I just launched michaelsteinmedia.com. So there is no more longshotleaders.com. It's michaelsteinmedia.com. Longshot Leaders uh, podcast page is on there. But also the Stein Time Show, which I'm launching next month, is on that website. It's we're, we're talking a lot of comedians and a lot of filmmakers, more entertainment driven, more, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde on my personality. This is business today. So I'm like, it's, I, I compartmentalize like, who the fuck is this guy? Sorry, I don't know. But I, you know, it's, uh, it, that's what the Stein Time Show is. And then you'll also see on there the Bolator podcast. Uh, the company I'm starting at the end of the year is called Bolator. It's a whole new family of products, a whole new lifestyle brand, patented products um, that is launching. It's called Bolator. And the podcast is going to interview outdoor adventurers that are going to tell their near-death outdoor adventure stories. And that launches um, at the end of the year. So you can just go to Michael Stein Media. If you got a long shot story, let us know on, on uh, michaelsteinmedia.com. And then we will, you know, see if it's a good story for us to, for you to be on the show. And that would be fun, but that's how you could find me. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Well, absolute pleasure having you on today. Great discussion, great sharing of, of great ideas. Um, thanks for being on the show and, and we'll, we'll definitely be staying in touch. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to energy of business moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.